Okay, so I have a cool special guest with me today that also happens to be, I'm going to say you're my friend because in my head you've been my friend for like years. Oh no, we've been friends for years. It's yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I did not pay her to say that. There's no check in the mail, maybe. But I, I'm stoked because when you, you were on Twitter not too long ago talking about how you got like a part and stuff and I don't know. It's just been kind of cool to see your evolution in your craft. I do this podcast sort of thing, and I have my nursing friends on and, and some of my associated hospital friends. But to be passionate outside of nursing and in other fields, I always like to celebrate that. And I definitely like to celebrate my friends. And I know for a fact that I have listeners who have been brought over from true crime podcasts. So I figured <laughs> maybe I could give them a bit of a treat as well as celebrating something so awesome that happened to you. So today I have the one, the only, I call her a queen because she is. But <laughs> why don't I let you introduce yourself so that you can have your own spiel, I guess. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm Jamie Kirsten Howard. I am at Glitter Burrito on Twitter, as most people. I feel like most of my internet friends know me as that. <laughs> I digress. I'm an actor living and working in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, yeah, I it is it is. It's also we have officially surpassed LA in terms of like the sheer number of productions that are filmed here. So um, yeah, I'm super proud of all the work we've really put in the past couple years. There's been a big Um, push from the Atlanta. I mean, you see you see the peach on a lot of the end credits of a lot of places. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, Baby Driver was filmed here. I saw it with a huge group of Atlanta actors, and we were all just like, you know that this is fake because he gets around Atlanta so fast, and there's just no way traffic would ever be that clear. <laughs> oh, no. I had to fly into the Atlanta airport like a few months back. And- oh, God. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. I kept tweeting the Atlanta airport, and I was like, so I'm trying to just do stand-up in the middle of the customs line because it's not moving. And they did thank me for entertaining people, but they didn't take up my offer to, you know, staff more people. It's it's almost like everything could be solved with a little bit better infrastructure. (laughs) That airport, okay, I'm, you know, I guess based out of more so Arizona, so Phoenix Sky Harbor is a bit of a bear. But, I mean, that's fine. But then when you go to Atlanta, you're like, oh, wow, this is is something else. We're the biggest... I mean, we're the busiest airport in America, and I'm almost 100% sure we're the biggest because we have, like, our international and our domestic are two completely different buildings, basically. And we have the train that takes you from, you know, terminal to terminal. But, yeah, it's insane. It's Atlanta has changed and grown so much, even in just the – this is my fourth year living here, and I just – I mean, wonders never cease. I I feel like every time someone posts that meme that's like, stop moving to Atlanta, we're full. And it's very, like, that's, it's very true. But yeah, I do love anything kind of macabre and I love true crime. And I've, I grew up in a family of nurses and, you know, medical field related things. And so, yeah, I feel like our, our interests just kind of all naturally flow together. Do you listen to true crime podcasts? I do. I listen to several. Um, obviously, like my favorite murder. Then my friend Holly, shout out to her. She went to Bama with me uh, for undergrad. And she has one that I really love called Deep Cuts and Sensational Stories. And it really focuses on they go state by state. And like, I think right now they're on Indiana as of this recording. Yeah. But they have been knocking out of the park and just they do a lot of um Cases that get, you know, kind of overlooked, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and they focus on um, missing women, missing people of color, that kind of stuff. And so good stuff. I, I Both of those are really awesome. And then, of course, like I'll Be Gone in the Dark when that was released. I have been listening to the to the podcast that went along with that, you know, Michelle McNamara. So, yeah, I love it. I'm very into true crime in general, but especially if it's a missing persons case. So how would you end up? So I guess we should lay the scene. So... Yeah. What happened in the past few months and everything to uh, kind of trend you down towards what you just finished, you know, recently for your project? Yeah. Okay. So I can I can go ahead and say what show I'm going to be on. That's fine because I've already posted pics from set. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, I did. So I'm going to be on this upcoming season of Snapped Killer Couples. So, you know... 
with acting, your headshot is your calling card. My face is my business. You're an attractress. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's sadly like you know true but also in my case like it, it's 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 helped because in the past you know I've played a lot of like the best friend the sister I've I had done an episode of your worst nightmare but I was kind of like a really super minor role and that was several years ago and you know just like a friend of a friend that doesn't really know the person or whatever but this time um I'm the lead I'm one of the I'm I'm the main person and um she's part of the killer couple yeah like no spoilers on on what actually happens yeah on the case but um yeah like I'm, I don't think I'm allowed to say specifically what case just yet I can I can say it when they put the promo out but so anyways I my headshots I have a very young face like I'm you know I'm in my mid-20s and I always play very young I play high school students I play a lot of like college freshmen that kind of stuff because you moisturize um, yeah oh god skincare game unlock that's right um I am more by the happy- Queen Beyonce and Tyra Banks. <laughs> I am more than happy to answer skincare questions and talk about different different things. I know way more about skincare, I feel like, from the scientific side than I have any business knowing. I joke that if I had been a serial killer, I would have been um oh gosh. like Patrick Bateman. Oh no, him too. Oh my gosh. Yes. You Patrick start Bateman, peeling but it. I was thinking face mask on yeah yeah i was thinking silence of the lambs but yeah Uh, (laughs) we went we went almost well we kind of went two different places but the same place kind of yeah patrick bateman is just way more narcissistic i guess but (laughs) that's true that's true i think to compare anybody to patrick bateman would be actually an insult so i'll take that back oh it's okay listen i think we've all met like a low-key Patrick Bateman in our lives, like a man that just a finance bro that like rubbed us a little bit the wrong way and gave us a vibe, you know? I legit uh, ran into somebody who was very adamant about business cards and I backed out oh of no. that whole entire oh, situation real fast. I was like, oh, they're real? Like I couldn't, I didn't understand that this actually happens that somebody could be that obsessive. It, I kind of wanted to make references to it and, and then I was like, well, wait, what if this leads them down a road where they start killing people? But Oh God! <laughs> yeah, no, he was legit. Like, I don't know if I like this this business card over here and this one over here. I was like, I gotta go, man. I just I can't deal with this. Oh my God, no, that's that's terrifying. So we digress. I always play way younger, and so um, yeah, my look is just a little bit more innocent, like a little bit more girl next door type. I guess I can say that about myself. <laughs> a lot of times with true crime reenactment when it's real people i mean the first barrier is that you have to look like the person you know it's true and so do you yeah, ever get like upset a- like at those like lifetime movies or yeah you know like these investigation discovery shows or oxygen where you look at like the mugshot of the person maybe not the mugshot maybe like previous like, shots and you're like they don't even look alike that Lacey peterson a couple week long mini series one that just came out this summer i actually auditioned for that and i was like i don't for Lacey her yeah for Lacey and I was like I don't look like her like I'm not getting this like I got the sides and I was like okay here goes nothing but I knew it was kind of one of those things where like you audition because you know you want to get in front of that casting director but I I knew from the jump I was like oh my gosh like there are girls in here who are closer to her age who have the short you know haircut that she had at the time that she passed away anyways so it helps that I looked like the person that this that this is about. Now, and I so, feel like when when it comes out, you should post a side by side. Are I you going to do that? Yeah, I will. Okay, she, unfortunately, as is the case with a lot of women, she was a single mom, and I don't want to spoil too many details, but there was a lot of drugs involved, a lot of heavy drug use, and of course, that's a huge problem in our country currently, is like the opioid epidemic and meth and things like that. I actually got to see pictures that she had posted to social media prior to her arrest, and so. I got to see her as a person, which was nice because I feel like all too often it's really easy to see the mugshot, say, oh my gosh, what a trash person. And they can't, they definitely are. Like if you kill someone, you are definitely a trash person. Yeah, that's usually like kind of an extreme I hear. I could preach a whole sermon about people who, in the true crime fandom, who kind of idolize killers in an unhealthy way, I feel like. But that's a, we can get off on that tangent in a little bit. But so I looked like her and then I got the sides. Yeah, I got the sides. 
I kind of lucked out that I didn't even have to film an audition because the casting director had seen me audition for other roles in the in the past. And so I had my headshots and I just had to send her like an updated uh, headshot and like a, I just, she just wanted to send me to send her like a quick a quick selfie of what I currently look like um, and then a full body photo and heard back from her a couple of hours later after you know, being told like, hey, we're looking at a couple of different people. We just want to see updated photos of you. And then a couple of days later, I, I got the email that I had booked the role. And I was completely in shock because I hadn't even put much thought into it. You know, I was like, oh, they see hundreds of actors for every role. I was actually coaching at the gym that I coach at. And I had just wrapped up my last class of the night. And I was just, you know, my phone kept, my emails kept buzzing and going off. And I was like, what in the world? Who is emailing me at eight o'clock on a Thursday night? What could be this important? And it was the offer to be on the show. And then they sent, they went ahead and sent over the script and the, all of the, you know, various paperwork that you have to sign. Um, <laughs> several, several, several pages of uh, filming contract related things and NDAs and things like that. I was just kind of in shock and I immediately called my parents. You know, I've done commercials, I've done film, and and I've done a lead on a short film, a couple of different ones, but TV stuff has always been really, really minor or even just like basically in what amounted to an upgraded background role. Do you ever get to <laughs> play a dead body? I have not gotten to play a dead body. I would love, you know, we joke that it's every actor's like rite of passage to be on Law & Order. Right. And I would love to play a dead body or even... You know, not a lot of people, I feel like it kind of had a mixed reception, but like the new X-Files, the new updated one, like, I would love to be on that. I would, yeah, Fox casting, call me. (laughs) Wait, Um, so I always figured that if you're based out of Atlanta, you would want to be like on The Walking Dead or something. So the thing about The Walking Dead, it is mainly an older cast right now. Uh, Not a lot of like early 20s. Look, those shows, Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead, both trend a little bit older. I mean, besides Carl, which Chandler's actually with my agency. Thank you to my agent, East Coast Talent. Huge, huge, you know, thank you to them. But it is a very competitive show to get on, obviously. And, you know, Dynasty films here. I would actually love to be on an episode of Dynasty or, you know, wait, what year is it? I know, I know. Um, they did. It's it's a modern, it's a modern take on it. And it's actually like, I, is that when they brought back like Dallas? They brought back Dallas for a while, didn't they? Did that? You know what? I think you're right. I'm going to, I kind of want to like real quick, but yeah, go for it. um, Because I feel like they did. I didn't even know that they, what? (laughs) Yeah, it was in 2012. No, no, you're totally right. So the original series aired from 1978 to 1991, which, oh my gosh. And then in 2012, I know. And then, wait, wasn't it? And then it was all a dream, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm trying to remember. (laughs) It was all a dream. (laughs) Um, Shout out Biggie Smalls. That's Um, right. Yeah, the 2012 series, they had three seasons. It went from June 2012 to September 2014. And it was a complete like remake of the original but yeah so they brought back dynasty and there's a there's a ton of stuff filming right now that that's not out yet but it's mostly tv a lot of a lot of netflix films here ozark films here stranger things and bojack horseman i love bojack like (laughs) you were just watching it weren't you i was i just tweeted about it because it's first of all it gets unexpectedly deep and i'm like oh i'm not ready for this I was not ready to be read for filth by a cartoon horse today. <laughs> like, oh my God. The library is open for business. It's so funny because a lot of Netflix stuff films here. And then, you know, Adult Swim, like Cartoon Network is based here because Turner Broadcasting is based in Atlanta. I've gotten to tour. I mean, it's it's something a lot of kids do growing up, like going on field trips and stuff. But, you know, you go tour the CNN building and CNN and Cartoon Network are in the same huge complex and then like adult swim is its own building and you can just drive up to it like it's it's it looks like a very normal office building except they have like neon lights in every they have neon signs in every window and it's crass things like there's different things in it but yeah i would freaking love to be a voice on bojack horseman like again i i do have a recurring voiceover gig just doing like 
you know, audiobook type things. She's to actually be the a- host of this podcast. I haven't offered it to you, but this whole time you've actually been the host. <laughs> oh, I, it was me the whole time. Um, I don't know why that just reminded me of The Shining, but it did. <laughs> it's got a shin in. Yeah, because the old man, you know, talking to the little boy. Anyways, there's just so much that's here. And so when people are like, oh, you know, do you want to move to L.A.? Do you want to move to New York? I always tell them, you know, if I get a role that takes me there, obviously I will go. But for right now, I love Atlanta so much. And I'm so deeply thankful for the opportunities it's given me. And I would love to say that I had worked on, you know, all of our quote unquote big shows. It's so crazy. That was such a roundabout way to get to how plentiful it is here in terms of what's available for acting. And it's just a matter of hustling. And again, it's all about your type. Just yeah. like to circle back then, I mean, is Oxygen like based out of Atlanta then? No. So the production company for several of their reenactment shows is actually in um, Tennessee. Oh. And so, yeah. So this past week, I, fin- I spent the majority of the week fil- um, filming in Knoxville. And, um, so take us yeah. through a little bit of like, what does it take to become a killer in a way? <laughs> okay. So, or reenact, well, which by the yeah, way, okay, because... I should, I should backtrack because I always, I made this horrible, horrible joke maybe about what would be worse if you were an actor to say to somebody that you were a reenactor, not even an actor, yeah. or to say that you were a magician's assistant. Oh my gosh. I think I would rather be a magician's. No, no. Because acting is, it's reenacting someone else's words. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's why I was like, I, yeah, I used to make that joke. I was like, oh, are I'll, you even an actor if you're a reenactor? I feel some type of way about people that do like the war reenactors. <laughs> like the civil war but reenactors. I'm probably losing fans as I speak. That sort of stuff when people do it just because they like history and they like teaching kids that's totally fine but there's some people who live that life like you know like the victorians the modern day victorians (gasps) oh my gosh i remember when that went around when that like oh my god i was like resurgence every time somebody has it pop up in their memories they're like can we talk about this again how this happened i just the big thing that sticks out to me is that they had an ice box and i'm like that's not Strictly, yeah, it's towards the end. It's closer to the industrial revolution, (laughs) you know. Like it's towards the end, and I was like, you know what? You are already suffering. Yeah, I'm like, you're already suffering so much by choice. I'll allow it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) funny that they're totally fine with modern medicine, though, to you know keep them alive. But I just have questions. Like, didn't she? I remember there was like a whole paragraph about like their, I guess, sanitation. Yeah, routines. I'd have to reread it because it is a long article, but yeah, it's like a couple of pages if it would have been in a, you know, magazine, but yeah, it's so worth it. I should link oh to it God. in my show notes just so people are like, what is that? What, if they, if they're, they're like, what are they talking about? It's a great article about modern day Victorians. I thought it was satire until like the second or paragraph and I was like, oh no, they are very serious the utmost respect for people that like again like use it for things like education like here in Atlanta we have the Atlanta History Center and they are incredible like they go above and beyond to educate local children people that come to visit from across the country things like you know I mean just whoever comes in but they do such a wonderful job and then I think about the people that again I just don't understand why you would choose to live without modern. You don't have to wear a corset every day. <laughs> Did you ever see that show on PBS, though, uh, Frontier House? <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> just about to bring that up because I was talking to – do you remember Kid Nation? Where they like Yes. Put- briefly, CBS. It was right yes. after the Super Bowl. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And they had, like, kids form a society. <laughs> yes. And they had to, like – We live in a society. <laughs> and they were, like uh, – there was, like, a mayor or somebody, too. Yes. And – yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that so social that's experiment. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's these people, like, their whole life. I just, I can't. Okay. So, Sorry. anyway. Digress. back. Yeah. This is, every conversation with me is just, like, time is a flat circle. Like, we'll eventually get to talk about what we meant to talk about the first time. That's all right. I'm um, leaving everything in. <laughs> so... You drive up to Knoxville from Atlanta or, you know, one of the 
cast members was from uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, because that was, you know, a hot spot for filming for a couple years there. And a lot of actors still lived there. It it was. And so we all got in. We all met each other for the first time on set. Everyone was kind of trying to figure out, like everyone was asking each other who we played because none of us wanted to come out and be like, so are you the murderer? (laughs) Wait, do you guys get like portions of scripts or what? What do you do for research actually? We get the script a couple days before filming. And then the night before we get the final draft of the script and then your call sheet. And your call sheet has the time you need to be on set, you know, the cast list and like what scenes we're shooting that day. And the, you know, if, if it's an address that's not the studio, you know, if we're filming on location, it'll have the location address. It'll have, I mean, there's a million things that get listed on the call sheet, but really it's kind of just like the overview of the day. It listed out what scenes we were filming and we would get updated versions of the script. But in terms of research, for things like this, I really just looked up news stories about the case and read through them and try to understand what would make that person snap because you know the whole series is about people who kind of are living these everyday lives and something happens like what's the catalyst that makes this person go from an everyday you know next door neighbor someone you and I would know to getting mixed up in a situation where they feel the need to kill someone we all have a moral turning point I feel like you know none of us can really say, that's why when people say like, well, if I had been stranded on an island, you know, I wouldn't have done X, Y, Z. Well, we've never, we've never been there. So we can say what we think we would do, but we don't know if we would (laughs) make a civilization or go completely Lord of the Flies, you know, like it's. (laughs) Do Kid Nation. Oh my God, Kid Nation. (laughs) (laughs) Their flag, I'm trying to remember like what kind of flags and stuff they made, but anyways. So I read up on the case And then I see sort of the overarching theme of this woman's life. Like what led her, because she's she's only 27. She was 28 when she was convicted. And so I cannot imagine, you know, I don't have kids of my own, but she has children. And so there's that aspect of, well, now I'm responsible for two other lives besides my own and something in her made the decision to get involved with someone else that led to the events that happened. Sorry to be so vague, but it's a, it it is presented as a mystery in the show right up until the end. It's not a hundred percent clear on details until the very end either. I try to understand the heart of that character as if they were someone sitting across from me as a therapy subject. I double majored at Alabama. I was theater and psychology. Psychology was my main one because I love people. I love listening to their stories. I love meeting new people. Everyone has their epic. We all have our hero's journey. We all have our story to tell. And it's situations like this where everyday people get caught up in really awful situations I just cannot imagine being involved in. Again, lots of drug use usually involved, lots of poverty things that stimulate our survival instinct. It gave me a lot of compassion for this woman and really filled in the gaps. I mean, a police report and a news report are going to give us... Police report is going to give us more or less just the facts, you know? And then a news report is going to be a little bit... Not sensationalized, but if it bleeds, it leads. There's a little bit of drama to it (laughs) you gotta make Um, it appealing i mean if you're gonna cover it on a for days and weeks present it yeah yeah and so and i have the utmost respect for people that have to cover crime beats in any media at all because that is heavy i mean you know i think of so many people that go to crime con every year and do these panels and um i mean that's a job that i could not do so yeah, I got up to set and started meeting the rest of my cast members. And the first thing you do when you get on the set every day is you go to hair and makeup and wardrobe. Which is like and a so, dream for some people. Yeah, no. Honestly, like, I tell people all the time, my hair and makeup and wardrobe crew are almost always some of my favorite people on set. Like, they are my favorite people on set. <laughs> 
<laughs> that and and craft services like they keep, <laughs> like y'all make me look good and y'all keep me fed. No, everyone on set is phenomenal, and everyone through um, this production company, the production company is Jupiter Entertainment. They were phenomenal, just like top notch. We I've never been on a set that worked so quickly. So a lot of filming is hurry up and wait. Like you get into your spot and then you have to adjust for lighting and things like that. Um, and it's just, you know, nature of the business. Totally right. fine. Part it of the makes game. sense. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, it's all the little wanna... things that, you know, you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that goes behind just like one take. Exactly. Like not even a whole scene, but just one angle of a scene. Nice. And so, yeah. And so they are just top notch. Like. We filmed, gosh, several scenes before lunch on my first day that on other sets I felt like have taken a lot longer. In terms of like being comfortable with the cast, um, because killer couples, you know, there, there are some scenes where we are very physically affectionate with one another. PG, PG 13 at best. Like there's no nudity or anything like that. You know, I've, I've done scenes in, in other projects where I've had to kiss a co, a, um, a cast member. I mean, it's just really showing up and doing your job. You're you're it's there on job, set. Yeah, yeah, it's a job. I feel like so many people only see the fun aspect of acting. When what led me to this role was hours and hours and hours of work before I was even on set. You know, same goes for the crew. I mean, the producers have to do hours of work, logistics, like figuring out locations. And there's a locations manager. She was amazing. Her name was Christian. Shout out to Christian from Jupiter Entertainment. You know, there's props. There's a script supervisor. There's a first AD, a, a best boy, a grip, like the whole electric team. Like, it's just people that do production meetings before actors are even cast. And I say this all the time, and I truly mean it. Like, actors are nine times out of ten. We are the most replaceable part of the whole production. <laughs> there are so many people who would do ridiculous things to be in my to, to be in that position to film and so it, it would, keeps you kill for the role in a killer couple. Kill it, they would kill it <laughs> they would oh, oh my gosh i love puns yeah it's a it's a killer role it's a killer opportunity that's right um i was dying to play her oh it just keeps coming i love it i just it just keeps rolling I'm trying to skirt around some of the stuff that I can and can't talk about in terms of like, I can really, I can talk about a general day on set because that goes for most production, not just Jupiter Entertainment. But you get there, you do hair and makeup, you get a once over from either the assistant director, the AD, or the director himself, usually both, and you're camera ready, you're good to go. You block out the scene with the director, so you decide, you know, I'm going to sit here, he's going to sit here. Everything is choreographed. So, like, even when I'm taking a sip of a beer, there's a there's a reason that I'm doing it at that time. There's a beat where I f find that moment to do that. It's the I'm trying to think of how it's been phrased in the past, but it's, it takes a lot of work to make it look this easy. And so, it, I mean, like, if I turn, I'm thinking of one scene in particular that we filmed where if I had turned even a couple of degrees one direction or the other... I would have been out of my lighting and you would have not seen the look on my face when another character reveals something to me. And, and the lighting team had worked so hard to, it's a theme. There's a lot of foreshadowing in the colors I'm, that we all were wearing and the lighting, the tone of the show. There are little things that I feel like you subconsciously as a viewer catch, but the production team has spent literal hours organizing that moment. <laughs> We would film for a couple hours, and then every five or six hours or so, you get a meal. And yeah, come through craft services. It, oh my gosh, they were phenomenal. Um, on set, I try to eat pretty light, just because you're under. I mean, I can say that this takes place in the winter time, and so obviously, I just filmed in in early September in the South, so it's still very warm. <laughs> so I'm in like jackets and sweaters and jeans and boots and you know, scarves and things like that. But it's actually, thankfully, most of it was indoors. But, you know, outside, it's like a million degrees. And so we would wrap a scene and I would immediately be like taking off <laughs> my layers. Like I would immediately go back to holding like my dressing area and take things off. I was like, I just I can't just trying to keep a 
preserve my makeup as much as I could as well. My game plan on set is to just stay focused. Yeah. And so I've really just focused on doing my best job. And that usually means smaller snacks throughout the day and then staying hydrated, which is, you know, always, always the goal. <laughs> but it can be surprisingly hard key. on set. As a lead, you're in front of the camera for the vast majority of the day, every day for the whole shoot. And so I would have like a couple of minutes in between scenes when we were breaking down one scene and going on to the next. And I would get my makeup touched up, like change into my next outfit for the next scene. And by then it was usually time to go. But I would try to sneak, you know, sneak a few sips of water in. But you also don't want to be that actor on set that's like, hey, can we take five real quick? Like, I need to I need to go pee. <laughs> I need to patrol. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. But yeah, I was just so thankful to be there the whole time that... I wasn't even focused on anything except getting the work done because that's what it's about is making the most of every opportunity you're given. And so, and and being truthful. I mean, that's the whole thesis. I feel like of being an actor that is good at what they do is you're telling the truth. You're telling that specific person's truth. You just stay focused. You just stay on course for the day and you're going from scene to scene. And then, yeah, at the end of the day, we would wrap and everybody would usually like high five each other and you know sit down for dinner and um did you have that moment did it do a freeze frame like you were in safe by the bell yeah no listen there were so there were so many times where i was like what if i just started what if i just looked straight into the camera like i was on the office what if i just <laughs> what if i just Zach Morris. yeah oh my gosh hilarious That'd have you awesome. seen that um zach morris's trash like the compilation video what no. They edit. Oh my gosh! They edit. They edit his scenes with other Saved by the Bell characters in such a way, like they just take. They don't take them out of context. They literally just like put them back to back to back without the context of like the overall story. And it he kind of makes him look like a shitty friend, but he kind of is. Yeah, he is. And so, thank you. I've, I've said that forever, and everyone's oh like, God, "No, exactly." He's awful. But. <laughs> Um, we can, we can have a gab session about 90s TV at, at another time. Cause you know, I love me some Frasier and feel a certain way about oh, that, but yes, that's like my number Why one show. Why did they show. have those accents and nobody else in their family did? I could give you a whole like thesis about this, <laughs> but gonna I'm going like, to reel it in because yeah, it's, I could talk about Frasier forever. But anyways, at the end of every day, I was just so, I was exhausted. We all were, but we were also happy to be working on this project that it was like, I mean, I was tired, but I wasn't drained, if that makes sense. Like I knew I needed to rest, but it wasn't the same as like doing a 12 hour shift at my old day job. You know, it wasn't, it just wasn't the same. Isn't yeah. It to like have like a fun vibe though on a set that has like such dark subject matter though. <laughs> you know what I've found is that the darker the project, usually the more lighter it is on set, like the more lighthearted people are because you just can't take it. You, you have to take your work seriously, but you cannot take yourself seriously at all. I mean, we're, we're getting paid to portray characters you know like that's that's such a such an amazing opportunity and people are getting paid to like rig lighting and and you know write a script and all these certain different things these sort of creative things and so we would be and the other thing too was like towards the end of the day we'd get a little slap happy and so in between takes I would try to like keep it together and like keep a serious face. But there were some times where I would just like look at the camera while they were like adjusting the lighting or like trying to figure out what angle to be on. They'd be like, Oh, you know, stay right there. We're going to move the camera, you know, stay where you are. And I'm sure there's a million bloopers of me from this episode where I'm just like making faces at the camera. Like it's such a, when it's such a dark thing like that, you just kind of have to give yourself permission to, let loose when there's so many sides to a story yeah because there's multiple people involved and it's not Ooh, completely it's clear like a game of clue when your episode comes out yeah it is it is are they gonna never... say at the end this is how it could have happened but this is really how it happened i can't say anything we have oh. we shot multiple endings i can say that oh my much. god it is like clue then that's just my dream <laughs> we shot multiple endings it's a lot to take in, but you walk away with a sense of like, 
you know, I feel like everyone's going to have their own stance on it of what really happened because, you know, there's however many people are involved in a situation, that's how many sides of a story there are because everybody's seeing it differently. And this had a lot of, a lot of characters involved, but, um, yeah. So, and then at the end of the day, you go back to your hotel and you, you know, do your thing, you take off your makeup, you kind of become yourself again. I have a very set ritual before and after set every day of what comforts me and what, you know, afterwards. And then before what gets me like gets my head in the game, <laughs> like to get into the headspace and then to like become yourself again. Yeah, and not like in a method acting way, but in like a. Oh, I thought I, just I, was, spent... I thought I was talking to Daniel Day Lewis. I'm sorry. Oh. oh my gosh, you are. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still wearing my Lincoln costume. <laughs> I live in it now. <laughs> it's mine now. Oh my gosh, no, he's wearing his. Did you see um, what was it? The movie I it just came out this summer and I loved it. Where he's a he's the tailor. He's a designer. Yeah. I didn't see it. I I. I don't like Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, that's, I mean, everybody has their own taste, but I love (laughs) it. You're like, you can have your own wrong opinion. Just go over there. Listen, listen, you can, you can have your opinion and be wrong. It's fine. fine. No, I mean, he's not everybody's, you know, cup of tea, but look, I'm going to look at his IMDb because it's going to bother me. Phantom Thread. That's right. That's what it was. That was his retired like he's like I'm done after this one. Yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, amazing. No, like it was nowhere near. You know, you don't have to There's that old joke of if there's a scene where you have to be tired, one actor stays up all night and he comes to set exhausted and they're like, "Well, why'd you do that?" And he's like, "Well, cuz my character doesn't sleep all night." And then the other actor says, "You can also just act tired." Like <laughs> it's you know, there's two different there's two different perspectives on it, but yeah, I I usually so, does that so when mean I that you could have I mean you could have just become a murderer in order to get oh, into her head. I mean, I guess if, you know, I thought that she was the sole This is just method acting, guys. It's fun. totally yeah. fine. It's fine. I'm just getting into the role as I stab someone. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone every actor has their own way of approaching acting and method is like not my thing at all. I I am very much a Hopefully not it's for easy. this subject matter. Definitely no. not. Oh my gosh, no. Like, I can't imagine walking around set as this character. She was, because she's a real person, you know, and you want right. to do, do their humanity justice while also telling a truthful story. And for me, that was, well, her truth is not pretty. Like, she's she's got a lot on her plate, and she's kind of in a shitty situation with several different aspects of her life. And so, you know, I couldn't, to walk around in someone's head like that all day, every day for a whole, you know, a whole episode's worth of filming would be terrible. I would, no, that would not be, not be good. Not be in a good headspace. No, not at all. So I would come back to the hotel and sort of, you know, decompress. I mean, is there a continuation you think you'll be with Oxygen again, or at least like going into sort of those true a, crime ones? That's a really I feel good like question. you see a lot of... Some of the actors, or at least, you know, if you follow a few of them, you're like, oh, that person was on something on ID and now they're over, uh, you know, oxygen. And you kind of like see them filter into the same, somewhat same subject matter, I guess, with true yeah. crime. Like, I know I've um, seen a couple actresses do that where, you know, they'll have a couple different shows they're, they're working on for like ID and then you see them over on oxygen or something. And you're like, oh, cool. I know with ID because the they have one main production company that shoots all of their stuff. If you've been a lead on a show one season, you can't you can't be the lead on another episode for another show for that season. But will it confuse the audience? They feel I don't I don't know. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I'm like you know that's a good question. But honestly, the the chance of you looking enough like multiple victims or murderers is like rare. So I don't know. It's a lot if you looked like multiple murderers too. Right. Exactly. People start putting stuff together. Like, huh? You were right there (laughs) and there and that case is unsolved. Hmm. Like, Hmm. No, but I would love to do, um, like right now, just putting it out into the universe. You know me. You're going to secret it. I'm going to vision board it. My goal right now, I would love to be on this upcoming season of Mindhunter. 
um, for Netflix. It was such a phenomenal first season, and I just think that, as always, David Fincher knocked it out of the park. And I love so many of the actors involved. I mean, and and it's you know it appeals to my my true crime interest, but also you know again it all goes back to psychology. Like I've I've loved psychology since I was a kid, and like I just feel like that and acting kind of go hand in hand in so many ways. So I would, yeah, I would love, love, love to be on a season of Mindhunter, um, especially because the rumor, you know, is that it's covering the Atlanta child murders this season. Ooh. It's going to be some good stuff, which that's another one that I really enjoyed. I do, I know it's a controversial uh, within the true crime community, but Atlanta Monster because he also did Up and Vanish, and season two just started. But Payne Lindsay does a lot of work here in Atlanta. That's He's a local creative. He does a lot of stuff. I don't want to put him in just one category, but I love it. I A lot of people feel about it the same way they felt about Serial, where it's kind of mm-hmm. open in some aspects, which, oh my gosh, Serial is really what I feel like got us all here where we are today. I feel like it definitely... It definitely was like that first one that really took off that people were like talking about just regularly. So that was what, 2013? Yeah, 2014. So long ago. Listen, it feels like a whole different lifetime ago. But I, before that, I was like, podcasts, like, why would I listen to someone talking for an hour, you know? Like, <laughs> and I, I had listened and now I have a problem. Like, I have so many podcasts that I listen to. It's, it's insane. It's true. Um, it's true. It, it's, Someone the other day was like asking me for recommendations and I listed off everything I listened to and like I could just I could just see the look on their face, this abject horror of like, oh my God, like it's a, cr- a crazy cat lady, but I'm a crazy podcast lady. Oh, so um, there you go. You're just like, it's just me and my podcast and it's It's just fine. me and my podcast. They're it's all fine. my friends. You know, <laughs> these are my friends. Um, you know what? Someone made the joke the other day is that Frazier is living the millennials life. Because he has his own podcast and he his dad lives with him. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> my I need a moment real quick to just I like was process sh- that one. I was completely shook up when someone said that. I was like, oh my god! Okay, hold on. I'm actually pulling up my podcast list right now. Yeah. I listened to um, off. Oh Lord! Okay, so the read. With Kid Fury and Crystal. I love them. I've seen them live. Uh, My Favorite Murder, of course. Astonishing Legends. They're awesome. Oh, uh, Funeral Stories. They're another local team. Those women are amazing. Um, I'm very... Lady Pod Squad. Yeah. It's funny because, again, it kind of all loops back into my appreciation for the macabre. And I've I've kind of always had a a dark streak, even when I was a kid. But I'm very into um, Caitlin Doty's work. The Order of the Good Death, where she she's all about like death acceptance and like because you know we as a Western society don't really we embrace death as a spectacle, but not as a fact of life. We and don't like so, the process. We don't like to talk about it. We don't like to think about it. We like to uh, stave it right. off as much as we can. Right. And and working yeah. from a hospital side, I can assure you, there's a lot of people who I don't know. They I always I mean I always tell people to have the talk, uh, even you know when you're young. To, oh, 100%. To, to know how you want your wishes to be known within your family, get it down in writing, and talk about it. I mean, the only way yeah. that it, it's, coming, it's, it's coming for you, you it's, it's death and taxes, right? Those are the two things we you all got to die. And, and I mean, if you can vocalize to people that you love, like, this is what you want, cool. But I mean, yes, okay, that's kind of like I, I got really excited about that for some reason no I could I could talk about like death positivity forever I don't ever wear it but I have a shirt that says future corpse and I <laughs> and, but it's true it's completely true like we we're all gonna be dead someday and I just true. and again it all kind of links back into this idea of like we love to watch true crime we love to watch there's a fascination killer. behind it I mean that's, yeah that's the thing like you know I was so stoked that you got this like role because, uh, you know, I've known you long enough to know a little bit about your beginnings. So, yes. <laughs> so it's truly, well, it's like a celebration. Like, oh my gosh, my friend has this role that's on, you know, a television network, a major television network, and she's the lead of it, but it's also true crime. So I was like, I immediately was like, yeah, you got to come on and at least talk a little bit about it <laughs> because, 
I mean, that is, there's a fascination behind true crime and there's a lot of fascination behind the psychology of stuff. And I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's been around for a while, but it's now more and more in the mainstream where, you know, if you talk to somebody about, Hey, I listened to this podcast or, Hey, you know, they caught, you know, the, the golden state killer, somebody else. Oh my God. But you know, I kid you not. I literally penciled in a meeting on my Google calendar when they had the first, um, press conference because I didn't want anyone to interrupt. I was like, <laughs> I was like, do not call me. I have a meeting. Like, <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry. I have an appointment. I, I'm busy. But, um, but it's yeah, like, like it just permeates everywhere. I mean, there's billboards up for podcasts. Yeah. Like I just, I just saw a billboard for, um, Dr. Death. Yeah, because I, I was going to say I listened to Dirty John, and I freaking yes. loved it. You know they're uh, making that into a show on, like, A&E. Yes. Oh, girl. I'm, my body is ready. They're also making <laughs> – Eric Bana. Yes. They're making Crime Town into a podcast, which is – I mean, a, a TV show, which is one of my original – like, I love the mob and the mafia. I don't love them. I love learning about them. Um, and so – I just got back from Vegas, and I went to the mob museum. Oh, my God. I've been. Is it not amazing? The speakeasy in the basement? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. If you're ever looking for something to do in Vegas, the Mob Museum is what my recommendation is to actually bundle. Here's a here's a pro tip for you all out there. You can go to the Neon Graveyard and get a bundled package where you get a guided tour at the Neon Graveyard at night and then you get a pass as well to go to the Mob Museum. I love the Neon Graveyard. It's so funny. And that was gonna be my recommendation. And then on the food side of things, there's a tour company called Lip Snacking Foodie Tours. Um, and we did the lunch tour, but they also have a brunch and a dinner. And when we go back, we're going to do the dinner. But you do one course at each restaurant, and you go to, like, five or six different restaurants. And it is amazing. Like, it's all right there on the strip, and it's completely guided. We lucked out and had the owner of the company be our tour guide, but... It was amazing. It was so good. It was worth it. It's like a hundred and something dollars a person, but you are, you get way more than your money's worth. You get like two whole meals worth of food plus dessert, you know? So anyways, I digress. It's, I I listen to Crime Town. Like I listen to, um, Burn It All Down, which is a feminist sports podcast. Shout out ladies. On your other job, one of your other jobs is basically wellness. You are yeah, coach. I'm a fitness coach. Yeah, She's I'm an a instructor. Coach. Yes, she is. Um, she also knows CPR like a boss. I um, do. I had to get like the special one where you have to know the. I mean, the same one that you ha- that my mom had to have for her when she reentered the hospital, you know, world. Um, so yeah, it's insane. I just yeah, I could talk about wellness stuff forever. And again, I feel like that all links back into being in your body and being, I mean, accepting your mortality, you know, like accepting that if you take care of your body, it will take care of you. But also there's nothing you can do to stop the process. You know, there was like the sign, um, that was in the elevator, the, the one patient transport elevator at the one hospital I worked at that (laughs) there was a sign over that said, um, investing in your health today so that you don't need as much help for the end of the road. And I was like, I was like, that is maybe not the most well-placed thing, but also I was like, I like it. I don't care about it. And one of my patients looked at it and was like, I mean, is it trying to tell me to take care of myself before I die? I was like, yes, yes. It's trying to tell you (laughs) that we're going to take care of you so that you don't have to be in here that often. They're like, oh, okay. I was like, it's in a gentle talk, sort of gentle talk sort of side, but but yeah, no, I mean, it, it, and then the the other side, I think, had a thing where it was like, if you invest in yourself and your health today, you'll avoid having to pay for your health later on. It's very true. I mean, and, and things can always happen, you know, like, oh, yeah, any, even the healthiest people have cancer, even the healthiest people can have a stroke or whatever, but you can mitigate your, t- you know, you can make things so much easier on yourself down the road. I mean, my great-grandmother was an amazing example of this. She passed away when she was 97 and genuinely was just old. Like, there was nothing wrong with her in terms of, like, physically. She could still get up and walk around and mm-hmm. do things for herself. But she was just 97 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and, Bodies and only she, have a certain time frame. 
Right. And so, you know, I mean, eventually towards the end, she did get a touch of dementia, but that was more, I mean, that was, again, she was just 97 years old. Like, yeah. But she was always correcting. Like, she would always make sure that I had good posture and made sure that I... Jamie's from the South, if you guys didn't realize it. Yeah, girl. Listen, <laughs> we sat, we say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. We sit at the table with our elbows off the table, you know, sit up straight. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Be kind to everyone and make your cornbread with buttermilk. Like, that's my, oh, bless my life advice. Yeah, bless... Oh, listen, people always think that I, they're like, oh, the only people I hear that say bless your heart as a negative thing are usually people who aren't from the South. (laughs) And I'm just like, you guys, I never say it to mean anything ugly. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like, I just, speaking of, yeah, Southern things, I, there's just so many, like, podcasts that I listen to that try to cover. There's everything. Yeah, it's and like, it you know how there up. used to be like the thing where they're like, there's an app for that. There's also a podcast for that. There is like I listen to RuPaul. What's the tea? Yeah, I love it. Um, Queen. I listen to girl. I listen to right now spooked by snap judgment just came back for the season and I'm so pumped. I love a good ghost story. Um, I am a skeptic, but I love ghost stories. They are my favorite thing. I think I've done every ghost tour Atlanta has, except for Ooh, that's a lot of, one. That's a lot of ghost tours in Atlanta. Well, yeah, but I haven't done, I've done Decatur, I've done Marietta, I've done Oakland, Spirit of Oakland, which is Oakland Cemetery in Atlanta. If you guys have never visited, please go. They have a wonderful tours, so educational. There's so many historic figures that are buried there. And it's beautiful. Like, I did a whole um, photo shoot. I don't know if you remember the shoot I did in the gingham blue dress. It's revolutionary. (laughs) Thank you. It's all all my photographers. They are wonderful guys. But I did it on the steps of my favorite mausoleum. And so when someone's like, where did you take that? I was like, oh, it's the Austell Mausoleum in Oakland Cemetery. It's my my favorite mausoleum. And I see people's face. Like, over the course of that sentence, they take, like, a face journey. They do. That is, you got to point to that sign because you know what, Titus, no face journeys. No face journeys. But I just, yeah, I listen to a couple different like ghost story type podcasts. And then, and in terms of like personal development, I listen to both of Oprah's podcasts. So Super Soul Sessions. Super Soul Sessions and Masterclass. Oh my God. So good. Life changing. And then, oh my gosh, 100%. Like I've I've gone back and re-listened to some of the ones that have really impacted me and just. Like stayed with you. And then. My friend Shanna does a wonderful podcast called Making an Artist, which, of course, when Making a Murderer came out, we were like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is not directly at all associated one bit. Yeah, we were like, this is not it. But Making an Artist, and she interviews um, creative people that she knows in her life, and artists of all different kinds. I mean, storytellers, comedians, actors, sculptors. Um, she interviewed our one of our friends that owns a lumber yard. She's the only female lumber yard owner that I know of. Like a reclaim boss, a true lady yeah. boss. She's amazing. It's Great Lakes Lumber Yard. Shout out Chicago. But anyways, just so wonderful. Like so many cool things. And like for me, podcasts are like they're very comforting. And like I'll put on lore, even though mm-hmm. it's kind of scary sometimes. Aaron Mankey's voice is so soothing. <laughs> And, like, that filmed – oh, the Amazon TV show for that films here as well. Oh. Be on that. Fun. Yeah. That's another one that I'm like, yes. And then, I, of course, I got into, like, getting curious with Jonathan Van Ness after, you know, I saw the first season of Queer Eye, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So good. Gonna, yes. Okay, sorry. Just yeah. Take a but moment anyways. there. Can oh, you can, believe? Can you believe? <laughs> <laughs> that was me. That was me getting the email that I had booked this <laughs> sure. role. Like, can you believe? <laughs> And I, I literally, like, I, I gasped, and I think I scared. There, there was, like, fall? one other person you, uh, left in the gym. Did you do what some of my patients, when I worked in the South, did you uh, fall out? I did not get the vapors, but I did press my hand to my chest in a very womanly way. <laughs> it was it was something else. It was very stereotypical of me. Um, and then I listened to a lot of the How Stuff Works podcasts. So, like, stuff you miss in history class and stuff they don't want you to know. Shout out Ben. Um, he follows me on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, hey, um, I love your work. <laughs> stuff you should know. Um, oh, my God, you David know. DeVito, I love your work. 
if I like listed out everything I listen to, we'd be here all night. But those are like my highlights. And a lot of times there's like short, short runs of things that are only like six episodes long that I'll listen to. They're the 30 for 30 that came out not too long ago about Bikram. Yes. Oh my gosh. So well done. Sorry. I just have to mention that to like everybody. I'm like, so if you really want a podcast recommendation that I just like got really, really into in terms of just like, I think I got lost one time because I was listening to the story and I missed my exit. Um, you just like, we're not paying attention. I've actually done that more than once. Oh, there's, see, that's the bad part about podcasts. That's the bad part about this, this whole thing is that sometimes you get so involved in a story that I have gotten lost on trails before. And I've just been like, um, I'm about to become a story that'll become (laughs) on a podcast. If I don't figure out out where I am. (laughs) Stay out of the woods. Stay out of the corn. Oh my God. (laughs) But yeah, no, that 30 for 30 series that they did on Bikram, highly, highly recommend it. It is very rough subject matter to, uh, to listen to, but it was so well done. So 100%. Just such good work. Anyways, I could talk about podcast stuff forever. How about we round it out with, since you are an actress, an actor. Yeah. We got to do the 10 questions. (gasps) Oh my gosh. I would be honored. Okay. So we're going to go, we're going to take a page out of the man, the myth, the legend that is the inside the actor's studio playbook with James Lipton. I don't have a beard on, but just imagine me as Will Ferrell's James Lipton, because that was one of my favorite things ever that Will Ferrell ever impersonated was oh my God. his James Lipton. <laughs> there are 10 questions. If you haven't watched Inside the Actor's Studio, why? Yeah, and Robin Williams' episode alone is like groundbreaking like he's so raw and um, like himself I like, I like that one and uh dave chappelle's because oh, he like gosh, starts smoking on the set yeah it does not give you know yeah. does not care it's dave chappelle oh, um, that was a good one too so we got to do the 10 questions because i was like it's my girl it's jamie <laughs> and, and this is like you know it'll it'll be what you look back on when you get your get your awards and everything so, all right. So I have it in front of me. Let's see. What is your favorite word? Gorgeous. What is your least favorite word? No. What turns you on? Genuine care for others around you. Genuine compassion. What turns you off? Arrogance. What sound or noise do you love? Oh, the laughter of my friends when we've all gotten together for the first time and we haven't seen each other in a while. What sound or noise do you hate? Getting a text message. Anything, any like alert on a phone is just a (laughs) no-go. What is your favorite curse word? Oh, definitely the F-bomb. Are you kidding me? That's, there's so many ways to use it. (laughs) It's so versatile. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, my gosh. I would absolutely love to, well, I do get to sing sometimes with my jobs, but that's really tough. Yeah, I mean, I guess being a full-time singer instead of singing as part of my acting. <laughs> so kind of like, would you would you be on Broadway? Oh, well... No, I mean, that's one of my career goals, too, is to, you know, have a show, be in a show on Broadway. But, but that's I more guess, acting, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, just like straight singing. You know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to say like the front woman of a band. I feel like that's a good, a good enough distinction. Like yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, I like that. Like you're Cheryl Crow. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of Florence from Florence and the Machine, but yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Florence Welch is a goddess incarnate. Are you kidding me? Okay. What profession would you not like to do? Oh my gosh, a kindergarten teacher. I don't think that's my calling. <laughs> Shout out to all the teachers out there. You guys are You guys are amazing. We would be nothing without our teachers. Shout out to teachers. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Good job. What if he said YOLO? <laughs> <laughs> I would be like so it was you this whole time. You're the one like turning out dank memes for teens. Like, oh my! God. Just 
he spoke directly to Aubrey Graham and said, YOLO. He did say God's plan. Well, I'm glad uh, we have some same energy that came together to talk tonight. Oh my gosh, yes. This has been so much fun. I could not have been more honored to be here. Like, this is, I can't tell you how fun this is. You're welcome back anytime. Absolutely, 100%. But is there any way that anybody can get in touch with you if they have questions about acting, health, wellness, podcast recommendations? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love new Twitter friends. I am. She's fun well, to follow on Twitter. Like people think I, that I am, but I am not. Um, no, you are. Kim is great. No, Jamie's, I, Jamie's, I, Jamie cracks me up. I kind of just have like a stream of consciousness vibe on my Twitter, but I'm at Glitter Burrito. And it's the one part of my social media that I have not branded as like, you know, part of my acting career package because it just I will never give that name up I've been on Twitter since 2009 and I'm just like I'm not giving this up um, and then I am on Instagram um, it's my full name it's Jamie J-A-M-I-E Kirsten not Kristen Kirsten K-I-R-S-T-E-N and then Howard on Instagram and I love making you know just seeing what everybody's up to and like making new Twitter friends, making new Instagram friends. I love a good, if you travel a lot, that's something I've been trying to do more in the past couple of years. So I would love some, I love talking to Kim about travel recommendations and places she's been. So if you guys are up there too, I love it. I want to know all about it. 